basketball fans thank you again for joining me you know what this is yes it's me again uh, i like to call it the best the most informational the most educational and the most entertaining basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast you know where to find it itunes google Podcasts, red circle spotify stitcher uh, also streaming live on periscope on youtube and on facebook so there are no excuses if you will uh to not get a little piece of it uh so i want to make sure i let you guys know i appreciate everybody for joining me uh subscribe 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 that is the word of the day of the week of the month of the new year 2021 uh, so I appreciate everybody for joining me. Make sure that you go and give me a follow on social media, specifically on Twitter at Tate's Take Hoops. That is T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Hashtag where basketball lives. Now, you know that I teased it a little bit where you can find your favorite, uh, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. And I also let quite a few people know, specifically you Atlanta Hawks fans, because I've gotten a lot of people that have been calling me on my phone. Yo, Tate, I'm trying to get the scoop on what's going on with the Hawks, man. I need to know what's going on. Keep me in the loop. And I'm like, listen, I know you guys are just going to have to be patient. I got my dude coming on, Steve Holman, the voice of the Atlanta Hawks. He's going to have all the answers to the questions that you guys may have. And without further ado, let's get ready to bring him on from our green room. This would be none other than not only my former colleague, but I think it's okay for me to call him a lifetime friend. That would be four-time Georgia Sportscaster of the Year, Atlanta Hawks Hall of Fame, and Georgia Radio Hall of Fame recipient, voice of the Atlanta Hawks. Find him on Twitter at Real Voice of Hawk. At Real Voice of Hawk, that's no one other than Steve Holman. Steve, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Great, Deshaun. It's nice to be with you on this uh, outstanding program of yours. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it uh, and grateful and overly appreciative. Listen, I want to, before we get into the Hawks, season number 36, 2,658 yeah. consecutive calls on the Hawks. Listen, I, and I'm not trying to make you feel old, I promise, but I just made 36 years old not too long ago. Go on the show. <laughs> How long you've been doing this, man. Um, you is that is that the first of all, is that the is that the record? Is that the league record? It's got to be somewhere close. Well, no, it's it's actually Chick Hearn, the old Lakers announcer. Uh, he had 33 something consecutive games. Uh, and wow. his streak ended when he was 86. And the only reason his streak ended was he died. <laughs> oh, geez. So he died doing, doing the job, which, you know, he, we he died in the summer, but, uh, you know, his streak was, uh, was still going at that point. So it's going to be, I have to go about another eight or nine years, but <laughs> I'm only 66. So I think I can, uh, yeah, I can say no that. Ain't no thinking about it. You, you, you will trust me. And I've obviously covered this team for uh, about close to about five years or so. And obviously you've been doing a, a phenomenal job and just really a blessing being able to work beside you for the times that I've had the ability to do so. Um, again, before we dump, jump into the Hawks, you've seen so much. We just talked about how long you've been a part of this whole thing. I know it's difficult to maybe narrow it down to your most memorable moment, but maybe just give me one that, you know, just sticks out like a sore thumb beyond the others of things that you've uh, uh, seen within this, this, uh, this franchise. Well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that Dominique had, uh, you know, been an exclamation point on just about everything that's, that's been good that I've done with this team. And uh, you know, especially that, to, to be there to, to see him become the all-time Hawks leading scorer and call that uh, was pretty exciting for me. 
Uh, it was kind of a sad night. His last night as a Hawk, we all kind of knew it before he got traded. Uh, that was a game that was kind of special too. But, you know, everybody talks about the 1988 series, the famous seven-game series between the, the Hawks and Celtics and the Dominique-Larry Bird matchup and that famous seventh game. And uh, that whole series was just a lot of fun. And, you know, we won game five up in Boston and took mm-hmm. a 3-2 lead in that series and had a chance to win it back in Atlanta at the old Omni. Uh, in game six, and then just ended up at the end uh, losing by a, a point or two. And uh, Cliff Levingston took what would have been Dominique's shot at the end. That uh, Dominique still is <laughs> always talks about that right now. That you know, how did Cliff Levingston end up with the ball when he was supposed to have it? So, uh, the, you know, but but there's so many things, even recently, uh, the, the the series, the seven game series against the Celtics, the uh, the Kevin Garnett, uh, oh, yeah, series, uh, when nobody expected us, we were a number eight seed. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had the Bibster on that team and uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was, that was a lot of fun. It was Al Horford's, you know, first year coming in and uh, that team surprised everybody and took the Celtics to a seventh game in Boston before losing. So that was fun. And now of course this, this group that we have, I'm probably the most excited right now about okay. this team and the young core that we have, not to mention just the free agents that, that we've signed, but just the young core, the, 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 you know, the, the five guys that are 23 and under, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very exciting. And then to have the the additions of these free agents that, that Travis Slink brought in and, you know, Tony Ressler, our owner, giving the go ahead to go ahead and spend that money. We had the most money available this summer in the free agent thing. And, uh, you know, just if we get everybody healthy uh, and ready to go, I think we're going to have one of the deepest teams in the league for sure. And I think we'll have an opportunity to really surprise a lot of people because, uh, you know, with the shortened uh, season after the after the bubble and everything, I don't think anybody really knows us that well right now. So uh, when we do get our act together and everybody's healthy, I think uh, it's going to be very exciting. One of the things that you mentioned was talking about some of the players that have been acquired over the course of the, uh, the duration of the off season. And the crazy thing about it is seeing the Atlanta Hawks, I guess, essentially look a little bit more uh, similar to last year's team because of some of the injuries that you've kind of alluded to. Uh, so with that, we've yet to see the significant minutes, at least consistently anyways, uh, from those recently acquired players where you do have almost all of them, if not all of them, between Bogdanovich, uh, Rondo, the rookie in Okongwu, uh, Gallinari, Chris Dunn, all of these guys. Do you have an, uh, an, an, an updated, I guess, uh, timetable on when some of these guys might be returning? Well, Travis was on this morning on his uh, usual weekly uh, weekly show, and he was talking about the time frame, and he, he thinks that Rondo's very close, could play maybe this weekend uh, when the Hawks play. Tomorrow night they play uh, in Phoenix, and then Friday night Utah, Saturday night Portland. So on a back-to-back against two very tough teams out west, that would be good if he came back. Uh, the Gallinari thing's probably another week to 10 days, I would say, uh, okay. for him with that sprained ankle. You know, it was too bad, too, because he had a hurt foot and he just came back from it. He played three minutes in Brooklyn and he hurt it again. And the thing with Bogdanovich, you know, he had really struggled from threes recently. He started to get things back on track. They had just put him back in the starting lineup. And then he got hurt the other night with that knee thing, that that cracked knee or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably a four to six week thing right now. Chris Dunn had the surgery on his ankle. Uh, so that's going to be a little while longer before he plays. Uh, and a Kongu, uh, I think, is getting closer. We had Tony Stell back last night. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he played a little bit last night near the end of that game, so he's going to get his feet wet, and he's going to be a big help defensively. And Chris Dunn, 
as you know, uh, everybody around the league considers him the best defensive player uh, guard in the league. So I think that's really going to help tighten things up when when he gets back. And you know, it's a seventy-two game set schedule instead of eighty-two, so mm-hmm. I mean, you have to kind of get things going quicker than you normally would in an eighty-two game. But I think that uh, they're going to right the ship. The good news about all of these injuries is. Uh, that Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are getting all the big minutes that they need right now. Yes. Cam is, Cam is getting better every night, and DeAndre Hunter has become a real pro's pro. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be – those two are going to be in our starting lineup, I think, for a long time to come, for many, many years. And, of course, with Trey, uh, you know, along with Kevin Herter and, and all the young guys, and Capella's only 26 himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be – when they all get back, I mean, uh, Lloyd Pierce is going to have some – juggling to do with that line you got to be 10 11 12 deep you know which is it's fantastic in these covid days too with the way the league is you know having all these problems with teams not being able to have eight guys available and then games being postponed and you know today they came up with all these new rules to tighten the tighten things up for the covid stuff so you know i think they'll fight through it uh i i've i believe that the league you know has pretty good plans in place and uh, you know, we'll all fight through this. They have that week off or 10 days off in between the first half of the season and the second half to make up some of these games. They mm-hmm. took that into consideration. And of course, by then, by, by March, when we start again, you know, maybe more and more people will start having the vaccine. Uh, you, Correct. Know, you know, I'm in that older group, so I, I get mine Thursday for the first, I get, oh, wow, okay. I get to get it on Thursday and, uh, you know, hopefully the more doses that they get available, you know, it'll, it'll loosen up for maybe, you know, that somewhere along the line, they might say that, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, football, for the good of the country's morale, maybe they'll, maybe they'll let all the players get vaccinated, mm-hmm. you know, coaches and, uh, you know, they don't want to step in front of anybody in line, but if they, if there's a lot left over and some people aren't getting it, why not? You know, why not, why mm-hmm. not let our guys get it? Lucky you, Steve, getting the opportunity to jump in front of everybody else, man, and getting some of that vaccination. That's about the only good thing about being old is dirt, you know. You definitely mentioned quite a few things that I definitely was going to ask and want to talk about tonight. Uh, One of them being uh, last night's game against, depending on when you're hearing this podcast, uh, against Philly. I mean, the job that the outstanding and amazing job that they did fantastically in the fast break points outscored uh, Philadelphia 21 to two in that category from a rebounding standpoint. This this team has been doing an amazing job. 73 to 51 out rebounding them as well. Got out to a 35 point lead at one point and won by 18 points. I think probably the most impressive thing is just they've been able to keep the turnovers under control for the most yeah. part, only eight of them on last night. You talked a little bit about the, the three-game West Coast road trip that's coming up at Phoenix, who's seven and four on tomorrow, followed by at Utah, who's six and four, and then the Blazers currently six and four. How do you anticipate these games uh, in terms of results with it being their first West Coast uh trip uh of the season i mean i obviously i don't expect for you to come out and say they're going to lose or whatever but just how do you anticipate the way that they match up with those teams well all three of those places are very very tough places to play always they are but the probably the good news is that there won't be fans there only a handful of fans uh, in those places so especially like portland uh where you know they have a a raucous crowd there always so for them not to have anybody there is going to make a big difference i think now, for the Hawks, the last time they had a back-to-back, they ran out of gas on the second night. You might remember that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So they're going to have a back-to-back, and they're going to travel. They're going to go from Utah on Friday night, travel to Portland, play there on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then the, the another part about it is 
they have to fly home right after the game from Portland uh, because there's not much of a turnaround because the Dr. King Day game is Monday at 2.30 against oh, Minnesota. Right. So when you play at you know, 10 o'clock Eastern time mm -hmm. uh, on Saturday night and then have to fly home, I think the itinerary shows them getting in at 5.52 a.m. Uh, on Sunday morning. So and they're going to have to get tested when they land, the mm -hmm. COVID testing. Uh, and then they can try to get a day off and then play Monday at 2.30. So that's going to be a very, very tough turnaround right there, too. I was going to ask you, and you mentioned uh, as we're talking about some of the games on the road and turning back around and coming back home and so forth. What do you think that the difference has been about this Atlanta Hawks team on the road versus at home in terms of their performances? Because while the record may not necessarily show it, it appears to kind of look like they've been playing a little bit more of a cohesive unit and group on the road than they do more so at home on some sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's part of the veteran you know leadership that they're getting. And, you know, Rondo hasn't played, but he's been on the bench. He's like another coach out there. I mean, if you okay. have seen any of the games, you see him up talking to the referees and they always tell him to go sit down. And he's always out <laughs> talking to players, uh, you know, to our guys. And he's been very helpful to Trey, I think. And, and Brandon Goodwin has already mentioned how, how much of a help he's been for him. To, so just to have these guys around, the veteran guys that have been there, I think certainly help on road games. And, and the, the other factor is, too, that the fans, you know, are not in those buildings where you don't. And, and we've lost a couple of games at home, too, because we didn't have the crowd to, to you know, give them the, the energy that they sure. need at home. Uh, like the game against Cleveland and the game against the Knicks that we ended up losing after 15-point leads. I don't think that ever would have happened if we had had 15, 16, 17,000 people mm -hmm. at State Farm Arena because they wouldn't have allowed it to happen. They would have kept the energy up. So mm -hmm. it, it's a weird year that way. Uh, we've already seen a lot of crazy scores, uh, you know, games that you wouldn't expect. Uh, for instance, Phoenix and Washington. Washington struggling mightily as they were, and Phoenix goes in there and they get their doors blown off. You know, yes. makes them seven and four now. And you figure, how did that happen? <laughs> well, that's just I think it's a it's 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 the season. It's the COVID. It's the whole you know everything's different. Uh, guys are being locked down now back in the hotels again. At, today they came out with the Board of Governors and the NBA and the Players Association, and now guys won't be able to have even see family in the lobby of the hotels anymore. Uh, you know, they're going to stop. You can't, like, uh, slap somebody's hand at the free throw line if they miss a free throw now. Uh, they're not going to allow anybody hugging uh, before the games with the other teams. Uh, they'll be, they want no interaction after the games. Uh, so they're really tightening up all of these rules for at least the next couple of weeks. And it, it's going to be interesting because when the teams travel, they're going to be stuck in their hotels and they're going to have to have their meals there, their meetings there. Uh, they're not going to be allowed to get to the arena anytime before three hours before tip off time. So there'll be no shoot arounds. Uh, you know, those things won't be allowed. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be different for players. And, you know, it's, it's not as extreme as the bubble was being stuck, you know, in Orlando for four months, but it's going to be, you know, very tough. And, uh, you know, the, the teams, the, the guys that have the, uh, the, the mental strength, I think, to handle that, uh, those are the teams that are going to do well, I think, through all of this. And that's why we got my dude on here to educate all the people, man. Steve Holman, four-time Georgia Sportscaster of the Year, Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame, and Georgia Radio Hall of Fame recipient, voice of the Atlanta Hawks, of course, that is at Steve Holman. Make sure you give him a follow. You see the Twitter down there uh, handle on the bottom near towards the ticker. Um, 
and crazy to all the things that you mentioned. Wow. How all the effect of the way that COVID has played on the NBA as a league in general and everything across the board. We were just talking a little bit about uh, the game last night against Philadelphia, uh, in which I do want to pinpoint last night, Trey Young, 26 points, eight assists, nine for 19 from the field and three for seven from three. Um, let me ask you this. I'm trying to think of how I can form it, but I'm just going to ask it because I only know 110% real the way that we do on this program. Mm-hmm. Are we past that little state of, I guess, weird in- energy or chemistry or whatever it was, whatever you want to call it, uh, now that we see, because at one point I think we saw some limited contribution, at least from a scoring standpoint for Trey Young. Are we kind of like past that I, at this I point? Think that, I think that's gone now. And, and, you know, they're both good kids, John Collins, and you know that. And, you know, what a great kid he is and what a great kid Trey is. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have they both have terrific families. And, you know, these are things that are going to happen when you're you're living with somebody for, you know, months at a time. Like, this is a family. Uh, you know, we're all a family. I mean, it's it's a little different for, for me and the broadcasters around the league now because we're not traveling. But, I mean, generally there's 30 or 35 of us uh, that are a family, and we're together for six, seven months, you know. I mean, and there's going to be, you know how it is, even at, you know, Thanksgiving, you're going to get yep. <laughs> you know, Uncle Bob and, uh, you know, Uncle, uh, you know, Uncle Jim are going to start having a couple of cocktails and they're, gonna <laughs> get, you know, going to start yelling at each other about politics or religion or whatever. And it's the same thing with any kind of family. And I think I think it was almost good that they got got that out the uh, out the mm-hmm. open. Uh, you know, Trey kind of made a point the, the night after they had that little discussion meeting or whatever it was. Uh, but I think all is good now. I think it's going to be great. Uh, and and I, I, I do think that having the veteran guys is going to be a big help with that kind of thing, too. But but I really think the chemistry is going to be great with, with all of these uh, veteran guys that we brought in. Uh, it was going to take a while anyway to, because you, you can't get used to all these different new guys playing. Uh, it, you know, like Trey has to get used to passing to different guys. And uh, I think it was going to take 10, 15, maybe 20 games anyway. Mm-hmm. But now with these injuries, it might set it back a little bit. But if they can just keep their head above water and, uh, you know, stay within that range of the, you know, 8, 9, 10 range in the east and then get ready to make a push in the second half, I think everything's going to be great. And the thing I took notice of that myself, Steve, personally, is that um, first of all, it's glad I'm glad that it was aired out relatively sooner than later. Right. Uh, and later on in the season, where you have different, you know, kind of conversations about it, and even more so. Listen, the thing that I think that Hawks fans should kind of embrace is the fact that this is two guys uh, of uh, that wants the same thing. We should embrace the fact that both parties, at least I feel and believe equally are as passionate about winning and are competitors, which is a good thing to show that they're not just coming in here and making big money and win, lose, or draw. There's some of those guys probably around the league too. It's just kind of like, ah, well, we do, we do, we don't, we don't. These are guys that want to win. These are guys that want to change. I'm sorry. Somebody in Brooklyn who hasn't showed up for a week (laughs) and hasn't called the coach back. My dude, Steve Holman. That's what I brought him on this show for. Uh, Where we did have a situation where the team had lost, what, four games in a row, I believe. Who do you believe is that? Who's the I'm fed up guy? Who's the guy that's saying, I'm not going to allow for us to trend downward again, like maybe some of the previous years consecutively. We're not going to be the same Mohawks. I've had enough. We've come too far. 
who have you kind of seen and or have gotten the vibe or the energy or the feel that's that's kind of taking over control of that coming maybe out of a timeout, out of a huddle and saying, listen, we're ready to go to war. If y'all with me, come with me. We're taking the floor, but I'm tired of this crap and we're not going to make it five straight or whatever. I'm going to give you a name uh, that okay. might surprise you right now. Okay. Solomon Hill. Really? Okay. Veteran guy, Solomon Hill uh, has been around the block. He was in the finals, of course, last year. Uh, he's, you know, he's seen a lot in the NBA. Uh, I had him on the post game last night after the, after, afterwards. And, uh, he's that kind of guy, I think that will, you know, be vocal and, and be the kind of leader that guys will look to. I mean, there's going to be several on the team. Like Rondo, we already mentioned how he's, you know, he's so vocal and, sure. and can, can do that kind of thing. But Solomon Hill, I think is a guy that they all will respect and listen to. You know what? I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that, man, because that that was one of uh, probably one of my bigger questions uh, for this team. And that uh, I'm glad to see that they acquired somebody like that, not just somebody who uh, a lot of times plays out on the perimeter and can, you know, like you said, have been around the block, a veteran in this league, but even more so willing to help and assist the growth of some of the younger guys into uh, uh, growing them up a little bit yep. uh, in terms of uh, just, you know, growing up just in, in, in general growth. Um, how would you maybe assess um, the way that, uh, how can I say this? Maybe the way that uh, this team has the the ability for this team to get to the free throw line. Cause at one point in time, I know probably a little over a week or so ago, they were number one in the league at getting to the line. I'm not sure really where they are. No, I know Trey was really up there in terms of his attempts, 16 or 17 a game or whatever. Uh, what do you make exactly of that and how this team has been able to get to the free throw line and make a little bit of extra money? I like to call it the free space on a bingo well, card. He's got a, he's got a great knack for drawing those fouls. And mm -hmm. uh, I think he would still be right up there near the top. If Steve Nash hadn't made his comments about, you know, that's not basketball when he would stop and guys would run into him. And I, I, definitely, mm -hmm. I definitely think that the calls have, have slowed down in Trey's you know, favor uh, since then. So I so I think he has to adjust a little bit to that. But uh, we're still shooting. We didn't have a great night last night at the line, but still shooting 81 percent, which is, uh, you know, much better than they have in the last few years. So mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a good thing. And and and, and veteran guys can get to the line. Uh, you know, you've seen it, too, over the years. Uh, you know, they, they always say that no special calls or this and that. But veteran guys that have that, that have been around, they're going to get a call, you know, mm -hmm. that maybe a young guy isn't going to get. So I think that's that's in our benefit too to have all these veterans on the team. Plus, it's yep. you know another year for Trey, another year for John Collins, and you know another year under the under the belt for Kevin Herter. So you know they're going to learn these little tricks and uh, to be able to get to the line. That's one thing that I did notice is after uh, I guess Trey sometimes comes off of that curl and he's got his defender now trailing him and he's behind him and you know he puts the brakes on real fast to make the defender bump into him from behind and throw the floater up and gets yeah. to the line and make some easy money. Uh, I, I told you we didn't want to have you on for too too long. I know you're a busy man. You want to save the voice and all that good stuff <laughs> on the West Coast. Uh, so what I do want to do is invite you over into uh, a special portion of our show that's called Quick Release. It's essentially somewhat like a rapid fire, a host of probably about five or six questions or so that you just kind of answer uh, relatively quickly, if you will. Sure. Um, the first one is if 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 I was to write 
a uh, if I was to have a dry erase board and a dry erase marker, and I would say to put one word on this board that uh, would determine exactly what this team needs to do to come away on the better side of a three game road trip on the West Coast, what would that one word be? And why? Uh, I would say tenacity. They have to be, you know, tenacious out there. They need to, you know, have have the 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 mental strength to 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 handle being on the West Coast. Number one, number two, being on a, a three games in four nights. Uh, number four, having a back to back, and then number five, maybe knowing that they have to come home and play Monday afternoon at two thirty after playing Saturday night until you know one a.m. Atlanta time. Okay. Um... What would you grade? And this dude's been doing a great job at rebounding and creating second chance points for sure. How would you grade Clint Capella and his contribution to this team so far? Well, it's been uh, been phenomenal. I think he's he's really added a lot to it. Uh, you know, he's even gotten better from the free throw line the last few games, mm -hmm. uh, which was really a, a problem for him early. But he's a rebounding machine. Uh, he takes a lot of pressure off of John Collins doing that, and uh, I, I just think. You know, he's he's a, a tremendous help that way, especially, like you say, with offensive rebounds. Who is the unsung hero on this team? Maybe a guy that's not maybe getting a whole bunch of uh, praise or uh, being talked about nearly enough for what he brings to this team so far. Well, right now, I, I told you about Solomon Hill, but I also think that Brandon Goodwin is a guy that we should mention in that category because he didn't expect to play at all this year with Rondo and Chris Dunn. And Lloyd Pierce had told him during training camp, you know, uh, you're going to be out there, but you may not play every night, uh, but just be ready. And, you know, lo and behold, he was ready. And he made some big baskets last night again. And uh, I think he's been one of the unsung heroes because he's had to back up Trey. And it's pretty much been just the two of them at point guard and with all these injuries. Steve, thank you so much, man. I think that's going to do it. You, gave, you, gave, you know what? I had some of those questions for our rapid fire, and you had already answered so many of them. You're a pro, dude. You've been doing this for quite some time, and I'm just really, really glad. Listen, um, I obviously went a whole separate direction with the uh, radio station whatnot, but during my duration and my time there, uh, I definitely learned a lot, obviously, from you and uh, – and, and really appreciate you for everything that, you know, you've kind of put in place to help assist me and glad that I've been able to assist you in all the ways that I have as well. Well, thank you, Deshaun. I know that you're going to have a, a big future ahead of you. And, uh, you know, the broadcast thing and the basketball thing, both for you are going to be big time. So, uh, you know, I wish you well, too. And uh, anytime you need me, you know, you know how to get me. I appreciate you, Steve, and uh, good luck to the Hawks, obviously, and looking forward to uh, doing some more things with you in the future. Thank you, sir. That is Steve Holman, the voice of, of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, again, just for those of you who may have missed the uh, uh, the 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 long uh, uh, resume, four-time Georgia Sportscaster of the Year, Atlanta Hawks Hall of Fame, or Atlanta, I'm sorry, City of Atlanta Sports Hall of Fame, uh, State of Georgia Radio Hall of Fame recipient. That is the voice of the Atlanta Hawks. Make sure that you give this dude a follow. You're an Atlanta Hawks fan. You're diehard. I told some people I was bringing Steve Holman on, and they're like, man, I can't wait for you to bring Steve on. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm like, go and follow him. Dude's consistently tweeting and always has all these different things about the Hawks, and I even take note of a lot of those things, too. I've been doing it for years. Make sure you give him a follow. That is at Real Voice of Hawk 
again at Real Voice of Hawk and always grateful and appreciative that he had the opportunity to join us and just seeing some of the people that checked in and out of uh, the show during the time that Steve was with us. Look at that. Goat and baby goat. Now, trust me, I am, uh, I'm not even close to being a goat. I can say that Steve is certainly a goat. 36 years and over 2,500 games called consecutively. Man, just to be able to say that you've done that, and for me being a young guy in this game uh, who just absolutely admires uh, Steve's efforts and his abilities to be in, not even just do the job, and obviously it takes a lot of wear and tear on the brain and on the throat and so forth and the voice, but uh, just admired by the consistency and the persistency that he's put forward. Uh, I, I definitely can't call, but I can call him the GOAT. I appreciate that as well. And how about my dude, Oscar? Oscar checked with us from time to time. Appreciate him for being a consistent contributor to the show. Hawks legend, Steve. Hawk Sanchez, uh, I'm sorry, Oscar Sanchez, I know is a really, really big fan of the Atlanta Hawks, diehard fan, and me and him talk quite quite uh, back and forth quite a bit. Dre James also came to show some love with his uh, fire emojis. I appreciate it. And you guys can be much like Dre James and Billy Parks, Oscar Sanchez. Appreciate them for joining just like Steve uh, and, and be a part of this program. Remember, you can go and find it anywhere, absolutely anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. You never know exactly who I'm going to bring on. We've got Dan Dockage coming up. We just had um, Fran Fraschilla last week, Jay Billis not too long ago, uh, Seth Greenberg talking some college basketball, more NBA, uh, more college basketball, high school basketball. Chris Williams is coming up to talk to us a little bit about some of uh, his high school basketball showcases in the metro Atlanta area as well. So anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, go and subscribe. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, the whole nine. Make sure you go and subscribe to your mama, to your grandmama, to your friends, to your enemies, Tell any and everybody, tell your baby mama for crying out loud. She might be interested in where you can find the best, the most informational, the most educational, and the most entertaining basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. That being Tate's Take. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a review. Leave up to a five-star rating review, if you will, uh, e e even even a, a comment, whatever, what have you on the page as well. Uh, always appreciative of that. Make sure you subscribe and follow along on all social media platforms, specifically on Twitter at Tate's Take Hoops. That is at T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S -E hashtag basketball lives. I'll get back to you guys in a few. And thank you so much for those of you who have already subscribed and will do so in the future. See you then.